Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Several dozen Roma, more commonly known as gypsies, have been settled in California, Pennsylvania by the federal government. The Roma are seeking asylum, saying they suffered racism in their native Romania. The integration is not going well. According to residents, the Roma have little regard either for the law or public decency. Citizens say they defecate in public, chop the heads off chickens, leave trash everywhere, and more. They're upset. Some of them are anyway. George Eli is a filmmaker, an author, activist, and an American Roma. He created the documentary Searching for the Fourth Nail, a movie about the Roma community. George Eli joins us tonight. George, thanks a lot for coming on. Well, thank you, Tucker, for inviting me. I appreciate it. I don't think uh, I would be able to get out of this. My mother would have uh, definitely killed me since she's such a huge fan of yours. <laughs> so, but thank you for Nights having me. Nice open, George. I like that. Well, it's it's the you, truth. And you say know, say your mom for I will. I will. I'm not even, I didn't even tell her. She's probably screaming right now, just so oh, you know. It's yeah, so. <laughs> I'm not, look, I'm, I'm not anti-Roma, well, but I am, I am pro-American citizen. And so are American Roma. I'm an American Roma, and I, my family's I, I been know, here for I know that, years. So. I know that you are, mm-hmm. but the group uh, that mm-hmm. is settled in California, Pennsylvania, doesn't seem interested at all in mm-hmm. integrating, and mm-hmm. so why wouldn't American citizens have a right to be upset about that? Tucker, American citizens have the right to be of anybody coming into their towns and it's uh, making havoc. I can't com- comment on what exactly is having, happening in the town because I just learned of it through your through your producers. But I can say that that the Roma people are the majority of them are nonviolent. They're not violent people. Now, right. as far as the town can go, I'm sure they can be concerned. I think I think both parties are suffering right now from a little bit of culture shock. Um, so I, I, I can't I can't. We can't discard, as a Roma person, I can't discard what's happening in the town and they're not understanding and them for to be fearful of like, okay, well, what's happening here? Because immigrations and immigrants are one thing, but these people, you know, they seem to be a little bit of not following the law. But it's well, important but not just, to understand. But it's not following, look, and, I'm, and I agree with you. I've mm-hmm. spent time around the Roma and I've never heard mm-hmm. anybody say they were violent. So I yeah. think that's, that seems right to right. me. Mm-hmm. But I have heard a lot of people mention, mm-hmm. and I'm just, I hate to say it, but public defecation. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't that nice? We got some very sad stuff to talk about uh, in immigration during this show. But welcome back to uh, Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 24th of July, year roller 2017. I'm Tony Reed, And we got an interesting show. We're going to cover the Antifa with their website, but before we do, we have some breaking news before we get into all our closing the loops and tweets and hate and hypocrisy and stats. Postal Service broke law on pushing time off for workers to campaign for Clinton. Investigation fines. Yeah, that, that, that that's a true state. I, I just said that. I just said that. We always know unions are in for Dems, but this is crazy. The U.S. Postal Service engaged in widespread violation of federal law by pressuring managers to approve letter carrier taking time off last fall to campaign for Hillary Clinton and other union-backed Democrats, investigators said. What 
the fuck? It's in violation of the Hatch Act, which restricts federal employees from working for or against a political candidate or party during the election season. That was us, the military. I couldn't do that. The culture and practice was, it's mandatory, it's the directive. Investigation found that 97 letter carriers took time off, sometimes weeks, to take part in union labor 2016 programs. I I knew it was systematically bad. I knew it was bad, but come the fuck on. Senator Claire McCaskill, okay, she says it it was impossible to know if the time off arrangement was a net financial loss for the agency. Playing like it's not that big a deal, because of course that's 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 Democrats, and the media is not running with us. If any way you found a federal agency was helping Trump get elected, sweet God. Breaking news. CNN would be going fucking batshit. But from my latest checks, it didn't even make the banner scroll. Wasn't that important. Other news. John uh, McCain has brain cancer. I, wow. This is the stuff I got for that. Even though he was captured, Melania and I send our thoughts and prayers to Senator McCain and his hot wife. Get well soon so we can kill health care, Mark Hamill. Jessica Roy, an audience engagement editor for Los Angeles Time, she tweeted out, My friend's husband died of glioblastoma in Arizona. They wrote a letter to McCain begging for help. He advised them to move. She then realized how fucking horrible it was to do that the day the guy was diagnosed. I deleted an earlier tweet because it did not meet my employer standard for verification and publication. I regret that I wrote and sincerely apologize. Problem is, 20k likes, 11k retweet by the evil dark side of the force, which is the resistance. The retraction got one retweet and 14 likes. It goes back to our Shows we've done on how fake news for the left is how the media is running this shit. Incorrect stories, 100,000 people read it. They make a retraction on the same article does actually nothing because you can't get it done. Yeah. <clears throat> One shouldn't speak ill of the sick or dying, but sometimes that rule is more honored in the breach than the observance. Richard Spencer. That guy's a righty. John McCain is a detestable man. Better he were never born at all. We can take some pleasure and thoughts of him dying painfully. And I won't read the rest because that dude was just all sorts of horrible. So then we had the uh, firing of Spicer. The media had a jerk fest on this one. Here are some sound bites. Uh... First one is the first press conference with Scaramucci. And of course the media makes it about them. Then I'm going to slip in a soundbite that you probably didn't hear and nobody told you about. But it's a history lesson. There's been a question about credibility, um, some things that have been said in, in, in this room. Let me ask you a variation of what I asked Sean Spicer on his first day. Uh, is it your commitment to, uh, to the best of your ability, give accurate information, the truth from that podium? I mean, 
I sort of feel like I don't even have to answer that question. I hope you can feel that from me, just from my body language. That's the kind of person I am. Sarah. Uh, on John's uh, question, are you admitted then to regular televised briefings and having a transparent uh, relationship with the press? expressed any frustration to you at all that a lot of these briefings have been off camera. And since he wants to get his message out, wouldn't he believe to put them on camera would be beneficial? He, he hasn't expressed that to me, so I don't know his opinion on that. So I can't answer that question honestly. And while Mr. Clinton made it sound like communications director George Stephanopoulos is getting back to more important duties, Stephanopoulos is clearly being shunted aside. Obviously, the president has to say something nice about George Stephanopoulos, who's been very helpful to him. And George Stephanopoulos does know people here on Capitol Hill very well. He worked here for a good while. But I think the important thing is to get his picture off the screen night after night. It just gives much too much of a youthful image to an already youthful White House. You need someone with a little more age on him. So, Koki, in a couple of words, good idea, bad idea? Oh, I think it's a good idea. Understand, I, I don't want to defend the Trump administration or Spicer. I think Spicer's a fucking idiot. But once again, this is a perfect capstone of media bias. They just omitted that back in the day, Bill Clinton did the same thing with Snuffburger. There was no big deal. The media just kind of pointed out that this is probably him getting fired, but they're making it look nice. Instead, with Trump, it was all doom, gloom, end of days, because he's firing. Another person fired. He's bringing in a lackey. Even Jim Acosta goes, he was raked over the coals by the media. He had to admit it because he was treated like shit. But you didn't hear that. And that is the art of omission. That is how our media does it. Instead of doing the right thing and, and reporting and putting background, they only do that for Democrats. When Obama did something off the cuff, it was, but there's precedence for this. When a Republican does it, what the fuck do they think they're doing? I close the loop on Kaepernick. There's a bunch of shit this week because Michael Vick suggested he cut his fro to improve his image. And it led to me covering Jason Whitlock calling the ESPN, his former employer, because now he works for Fox Sports 1, the PC Safe Space Network. Um, trying to, re- it was all on his Twitter feed. Um, the PC culture over at ESPN, these guys whine about microaggressions. Why didn't you and at me, Jason, Damon Woody, I guess that's your company time, huh? PC culture keeps shucking and jiving bra, but you didn't mind eating off the PC culture, right? And there's this whole thing that went back and forth, and I just had to cover because it it's it's perfectly honest um, on his part. I, I can't even watch it anymore. I only watch it in the football season. And now that I got ESPN or the uh, NFL network, I don't even watch it anymore because now <clears throat> Berman's gone, so there's no reason for me to watch anymore. And Mike and Mike is boring as fuck when they're covering golf. 
Chris or Liza, Donald Trump is the first president in 150 years not to own a pet. Had to cover some Soliza news just because <laughs> after his meltdown. But the big story, we've been covering how Canada is so assed the fuck up, all right? And how that little bitch Trudeau paid a terrorist who killed a Delta Force medic. I got some information on it. First, I want to play a soundbite about it. The Charter of Rights and Freedoms protects all Canadians, even when it is uncomfortable. When the government violates any Canadian's charter rights, we all end up paying for it. Last time we told you how Canada's government awarded more than 10 million Canadian dollars to Omar Kadar to make up for the terrible suffering he endured while imprisoned at Guantanamo Bay. After giving this man the money, the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, admitted he didn't even bother calling the widow of Christopher Speer. He's the Delta Force medic who was murdered by Kadar in 2002 in a grenade blast. Kadar himself, meanwhile, says he wishes everybody would just move on and forget what he did. So this is a time for, you know, reconciliation and hopefully not forgetting, but, you know, moving on and healing. I was angry or upset about what happened, but it's, it's been hard, you know, finding jobs or going to school and stuff with uh, my past reputation. So this is going to help me move forward. Yeah, $10.5 million from Canadian taxpayers. That'll help you move forward. One man who can't move on quite so easily or seamlessly is Sergeant Lane Morris. He was blinded in one eye during the same firefight that killed Christopher Spear. Sergeant Morris joins us tonight. Sergeant, thanks all for coming on tonight. Um, what What do you make of this? Thanks What's your response to this? Oh, I you know it's. I think I've said this before. What What kind of sick and twisted ivory tower do you have to live in as the Prime Minister of Canada That's to right. decide to award this man ten point five million? Good, hard-working uh, Canadian folks' dollars to, to equals justice. It just, it makes no sense. It doesn't. And it's, I think it's more a statement about the decadence of the West than it is about the man who perpetrated uh, this crime. This is almost a rhetorical question, but did the Prime Minister contact you before the settlement? No, he did not. Uh, first I heard about it was when... Uh, my phone started ringing from, from Canada. Former Prime Minister uh, Stephen Harper contacted me to apologize on behalf of Canadians in general and, and, uh, and the military folks up there, and I, I thought that was nice of him. I don't think there's any evidence that most Canadians agree with this or for it um, at all. Is that your sense? It is, and and you know, and that makes perfect sense. I don't think you've got to be Canadian or American to say, right. okay, there's a guy out there who killed a U.S. soldier, and now you're going to give him 10.5 million dollars because he had a he had a he was lonely at, at Guantanamo, or he didn't have a shoulder to cry on. It's just you, you just how that balances out as justice is just beyond. Uh, me and I, and obviously Canadians. I think I've seen polls that 70, 71% of Canadians are outraged by, uh, by this action. It's the definition of decadence. T tell us if you would, and if it's too painful, don't, but about the day that all of this happened. No, I, you know, I don't, uh, I, I have no problem talking about it, uh, Tucker. We were after, uh, Omar, uh, Kadar's father, who was bin Laden's finance guy. Uh, the compound, the isolated compound we went to, uh, his father was gone. Omar was there with uh, four or five other guys. Uh, we surrounded that compound, myself and four other 
uh, soldiers. We waited for 45 minutes. They wouldn't come out and talk to us. When we finally got uh, the rest of my team there, as well as some Afghans that we were working with, uh, when our interpreters went in to try and make contact, the guys inside that compound just popped up over a low rise uh, inside the compound and executed them point blank, threw hand grenades at the rest of us. Uh, we shot two or three of them right there at the gate. And as the, uh, as the others ran to the back of the compound, throwing hand grenades as they uh, went, uh, I popped up to shoot a couple of guys with my rifle. It's got a 203, the grenade launcher on the bottom. And as I pulled the trigger on that grenade launcher, I felt something smack me in the right eye. Turns out a hand grenade they'd thrown I, I hadn't seen uh, went off and a piece of shrapnel hit me in the right eye. Mm. Mm. And that ended your service career? It, it did. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a shooter. And uh, yeah. the military would have, the army would have let me stay in as a trainer or uh, something like that. But uh, being having to shoot left-handed, I'd, I'd be a, a liability to an A team. And so um, I'd put in 21 years. And so um, I took my retirement and uh, and got out. How bitter this must be for you, really. In addition to all of that, to watch the man who did it become rich and apparently unrepentant. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry for you. Well, you know, it it is. It's it's bitter to see a man who's who and the Canadian government in particular not just remain neutral in the matter. I mean, they they went out of their day, right. out of their way. Mr. Trudeau had to go out of his way to get Omar this money to cut short any kind of negotiation and just say, let's give him 10.5. Make sure we get that done before the Americans have any chance of uh, going after that money to protect. This man, um, that boy, that's really uh, that's really reopening a wound. I feel bad for yeah. for uh, Chris Spear wife. Uh, she's a great lady, and it's got to be tough for her to see uh, the Canadian government really open that wound. And I feel bad for Canadian military. I served yeah. over there with those guys, and uh, they've got to be feeling pretty bad about their government um, rewarding a man who did his very best to kill them. I mean, I'm sure Trudeau did this as an expression of hostility toward America, but he undermines his own society by doing it, and that's depressing. Sergeant Morris, thanks a lot for that. that and that's, that's right. Yeah, no problem. Uh, thanks for having me. Now, I don't want to seem like the Tucker Carlson show, but he, he interviewed one of the guys who was there, and I thought it was great after Trudeau's just saying, hey, we're just sticking to our goddamn charter. This is fucking horrible. Omar Kadar, in his own words, in Kadar's first interview since leaving Guantanamo, he discussed his freedom in Canada and the grenade that killed Sergeant First Class Christopher Spear. Open a window, open a bank account, get a driver's license, get a library card. This just goes on like, oh, he is such a victim. He was only 15. He was the child terrorist. He is such a victim. Who threw a grenade and killed a U.S. soldier. Who got over in Afghanistan at 15 and was fighting for the Taliban. I mean, get the fuck out of here. Other articles that were truthful. Canada's first family of terrorism. We are the Al-Qaeda fam family, so spoke one of the Qadars, a Muslim-Canadian household whose near-single-minded devotion to Osama bin Laden contains important lessons for the West. It goes back to 75. The entire family. The terrorist-related activities of other Qadars, wife, 
Maha as Amaha took her then 14-year-old son Omar from Canada to Pakistan in 2001 and enrolled him from Al-Qaeda training. That's how he got there. Daughter Zanab was engaged to one of the ter- to one terrorist and married with Osama bin Laden himself present at the nuptials in 1999 in a terrorist camp. Abdullah is a Qaeda fugitive constantly on the move to elude capture. Omar stands accused of hurling a grenade at July 2002 killing of an American medic. Son Abdul Kareem, half paralyzed by wounds sustained in October 2003 shootout that left his father's dead and pres- presently prisoner in a Pakistani hospital. The entire family is terrorists. Yet, they paid him 10 million bills for being wrongfully imprisoned. Our media, of course, is not covering it. <clears throat> not going to cover the, the first family of Al-Qaeda. Sweet Jesus. The Game of Thrones, watch season seven, episode two last night. Wasn't happy with the ending. I'm look, you know, all of a sudden I'm no longer team Stark. I'm team Daenerys and I want her, the queen mother of dragon, breaker of change. He, she who no get burned in fires or whatever the fuck they say to whoop some ass on Cersei. But instead the whole fucking plan blew up and Tyrion's little hand plan. He's the hand for her fucking got torched and everybody died. It was a fucking horrible ending. But they're going to tackle something even worse, and it's already out of the gate pissing fucking people off. Article I found, Game of Thrones creators to next tackle Civil War and Alternative America. Creators HBO hit medieval fantasy Game of Thrones of their next show line for the premium cable network. But this one has no dragons or White Walkers. David Benoff and Dan Weiss, who adopted Game of Thrones off a fucking book, are going to do Confederate. The show is set in an alternate reality and nation where slavery is still legal and southern U.S. states have succeeded. HBO said the series chronicles the events leading to the third American Civil War. It will explore perspective including freedom fighters, slaves, hunters, politicians, journalists, abolitionists. Confederate is a world away from dragons, undead armies, and magic in the medieval setting of Game of Thrones, where warring factions scheme in battle. Bainoff and West said they initially conceived Confederate as a feature film, but their success with Game of Thrones said, we're going to throw it out there and throw some more PC shit at your ass. So right off the back, Blacklash from HBO Slavery Series, Confederate intensifies on Twitter. <clears throat> Twitter is none too pleased about HBO's next show from the Game of Thrones creator. Confederate imagines slavery as a modern-day institution in America exploring on blah, 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 the story, blah, 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 But one Daily Beast writer, Ira Madsen III, called dangerous in a heated era of increased hate crimes. This is white nonsense. We finally had an Oscar ceremony or a black film won Best Picture without having slaves or servants in it. But I guess HBO's eyes are still fixated on 12 Years a Slave. It is exhausting to think of how many people at HBO said yes to letting two white men envision modern-day slavery. An offensive tweeted, Roxanne Gray, gay, or who the fuck that is, I don't know. Yasir Lester, pretty dope that HBO would make Insecure, then almost immediately make Confederate. Love that vision, HBO. I'm canceling HBO, another person said, about Confederate. How about show of Black Wall Street? I love HBO and they make good series, but Confederate sounds like a god-awful idea. Do they even know what's going on in this country? 
Yeah. What's going on in this country? There's no slavery. Black Lives Matter gets to burn down cities, so I think we've come a long way. Maybe it's me. I don't know. All right, uh, impeachment. Cohen is holding a news conference and doing a resolution of no confidence now. So this guy you've never heard of, who did the articles of impeachment, is now doing a no confidence. And my tweet that just, I love it. It's really good. They Victus, the Lawanon. I don't know what that means, but that's their handle. Laugh out loud, it will mean more if they stomp their feet. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So the left loves to rewrite history to fit their narrative. In this case, I guess we need to rewrite that blacks, gays, women, and transgenders are stuck on that fucking beach. Once again, more bullshit about Dunkirk. A writer, the trio of timelines can be jarring as you figure out how they all fit. The fact that there are no couple of women... There are only a couple of women, and no lead actor of color may rub some the wrong way. Still, Nolan's feet is undeniable. And this is still going on about Dunkirk, where they wanted to rewrite it, where we had a gay, lesbian, uh, transgender soldier, black, uh, Indian, Pakistani. You're supposed to go through the whole checklist of PC and rewrite the script, even though it's a history, history show. Hmm. What are you going to do? Linda Sassar again. Y'all know when you're living under Sharia law, it's suddenly all your loans and credit cards become interest-free. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Hmm. <laughs> so her and Jake Tapper are just flipping. He retweeted Linda Sassar. Folks can act like this is normal if they want. It's a free country, unlike Saudi Arabia, but don't expect journals to pretend it's the same. Underwear bobber with CIA all along. Why did I already know that? Shame on us, scaring the American people. That was Linda Sassar's speech. Sandy Cohn, I stand with Linda, today and always. Except Jews, Zionists, and Muslim reformers, because that's who she doesn't stand with. Jonah Goldberg, and your judgment on these sort of things counts so much to so few. But she's got... I, I, she is actually... Pissed off even Kurt Eichenwald, the freak that we cover all the time. I paid a little attention to controversies involving you, but if you're calling Jake Tapper alt-right, not a big credibility boost for you. Kurt, read my tweet again. He also thinks a woman who wants to eradicate Muslims is great. Oh, okay. Okay. NPR, a recent study out of Lund University in Sweden, suggests that the most effective way to reduce climate change is for people to have fewer kids. Fewer kids. That's still going. We have the fewer kids thing. Few kids, go carless, avoid air travel, go vegetarian. How much CO2 will we cut if you delete your account and shut down all your hot air blowing stations? Somebody tweeted back to him. <laughs> <laughs> having a child as a case is a vote of hope it's a vote that the world is going to be a better place so we can actually tackle this challenge Nicholas says in her own life she and her fi fiance are deciding whether they want to cast the vote of hope for themselves because we care so much about climate change it's a factor we're considering but it's not the only one Bill Nye came up with a different theory Older people need to die. 
so he can improve climate change. I shit you not. His statement was that the older people don't really believe it as much. But they're going to die soon. And that'll help the planet. So basically the left is now saying old people and babies need to go the fuck away and we can fix the planet. Okay. In college news, Ben Shapiro's now been blocked on University California Berkeley, even though a whole bunch of people really, really, really wanted to see him. Because once again, on most of our college institutions and campuses, the only way you can speak is in the dogma of progressivism. tweets of the day chris murphy i ride the bus often to hear from regular folks words i hear a lot jobs wages schools words i rarely hear comey spicy kushner wow this is the dork that's going crazy over russia 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 won't change him he'll still be saying russia 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 of course online it went crazy because regular folks the fuck's that mean the regular, the minions, the minions below me. That, that's, that's his phrasing. Alyssa Milano, party shouldn't matter. We need more diversity in the Republican Party to represent who we are as a country. Kira, a black woman, GOP minorities and women are routinely insulted, berated, even threatened. How do you expect more to move to GOP if they risk respect and relationship? She responded, that's awful. Is that true? I, of course, responded to her. During the election, the Republican Party had Latinos, blacks, and women on the stage. You had two old white people. Mm-hmm. Whole thread devolved into women telling her how fucking stupid she is. Because women are treated like shit by people like her. If they're Republican. I had a whole tweet thread, I'm not going to read it, but Dan Rather went on the road and took a trip and he tweeted all the way across the country. And his big, his big finding was Sonic doesn't have bathrooms. Okay. You might want to get out of your bubble, dude. You haven't even been a real reporter in a while since you lied about Bush and you didn't know Sonic doesn't have bathrooms. Okay. Dim slogan. I should have corrected this immediately. I deleted original tweet, goes Jeff Stein, and then he did it right. A better deal, better skills, better job, better wages. That's their new slogan. Another member noted that this result of months of polling and internal deliberations among the House Democratic Caucus. And it was tweeted on 524.17 by Tim Kaine. So they're going with Tim Kaine. Who said that right off the bat? That's what he said. And it became a hashtag on Twitter, which is why I'm covering it. 
because the right took it over. New Dem slogan, good things, not bad. Jim Tretcher, don't make us get real jobs. Another one, drunk drivers for Democrats. Uh, the Foo, political bunny, where men are men unless they're women. Uh, proud to tax you, where Islam and feminism collide. <laughs> that's a perfect slogan. Oh my God, that's funny as shit. Another one, everyone else is Hitler. <laughs> Cranky Gordon, better jobs, better skills, better get to Michigan this time. We got what it takes to, to, to take what you got. That's a good one too. Where your vote counts twice. Vagina hats to the first 5,000 illegal voters. It's never your fault. It's another one. David Starkey just distilled it down to gimme dat. <laughs> but Momo and Gabriel Maller actually summed it up better. Momo tweeted, and I keep on hitting Momo because she's got some good tweets. Coexist with everyone but babies and old people and the right is the new Dem slogan, which is spot on. But Gabriel Maller cued us all in that this slogan comes with a $5 pizza. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. Hey, tweet of the day! That's spot on. It is their slogan. Wow. To our hate tweets, Lauren Duca... Decided she wasn't being as relevant as she wanted to be, so she she chimed on in. Wake me up when men are obsolete. Yeah. Another guy stated to her, love you generally, love your work, but I have a young male child, and so that's not a message I can get behind. Calm down, dude. He responds, you've done and keep doing great work. Demonizing or diminishing one gender goes nowhere good. Men did that once. Let's not do it again. And that was the nice guys. Alright. That was the nice guys. She, Dana Loesch got on board. As a mother of sons, wake me up with this corny PCU-esque rhetoric is obsolete. More hate for McCain. McCain's primary challenger asked him to step aside one day after cancer diagnosis. Kelly Ward, who lost to McCain last year in Arizona's Republican primary, is now running to challenge Senator Jeff Flake, said this week that the medical reality of McCain's diagnosis is grim, and he should consider stepping down and having her take his place. So she couldn't beat him fair. Now she wants him to step aside. People said, Dick move Kelly. Never let a crisis go to waste. Classless. The left is just terrible. Beyonce, Kevin Allred, somebody that's important to her. John McCain is pretty okay with taking away everyone's health care, so excuse me if I don't have a well of sympathy for his brain cancer. Health insurance equals health care, so this tweet is stupid and heartless. 
Stephen Miller. 80-year-old with a tumor and still looking healthier than this guy. And he shows a picture of him. Jason, dude, on behalf of all of us who have lost people to cancer, you need to delete this tweet and to do some soul searching. You're an asshole. Kevin Aldred, I lost people to cancer. I understand doesn't mean I have sympathy for McCain when his politics have zero sympathy for others and he just kept doubling down on it. First of all, it's health insurance. Second, allowing people not to buy it is not confiscation. Third, lack of sympathy is why discourse is decomposing in America. He then said, oh my God, folks are in a tizzy over this tweet. Guess I should have guessed. How many folks clutching pearls over my lack of sympathy for McCain ever wished a dim or leftist well or called them an American hero? What has that got to do with it? Ned Ryerson, I think, has a good response to it. This is fundamental difference between scum like you and people. I wished Jimmy Carter well when he was diagnosed with cancer. You're an ass clown. Everyone rallied around Joe Biden when his son passed away. Your memory and humanity are blinded by arrogance and partisanship. Go fuck yourself. Spreading dishonest smears about an American hero who was just diagnosed with can- cancer. Classy. McCain is a patriot who's awarded a silver star for bravery in Vietnam. Agree with this politics or not, you're an ass. This is what happens when you're unable to separate politics from people. Don't do this. This is quote. When politics is everything, you get this tweet. Paul Joseph Watson. Never agree with John McCain on anything, but it takes a special kind of cunt to celebrate someone getting cancer. Lefty bastard. I have an announcement. Taps microphone. Fuck John McCain. I'm glad he's dying. I hope John McCain dies. A big dumbass tweeted. Nick Tabert. I hope John McCain, the warmonger, dies tonight, disgrace as a human. Yes, yes, I would tell Megan McCain to her face, I hope her daddy dies in excruciating pain and agony. I want John McCain in a vegetative state for the remainder of his term. Once it's up, I'll be crapped himself and dies. Nikki Martin, John McCain has brain cancer, hope he has good health care. Just kidding, folks. I hope he dies. I hope John McCain dies from his brain cancer. And it goes on and on and on. So to anyone, anybody out there, which is most of the resistance, I hand you off. Thank 
The per capita of evil people on the left just seems to be exponentially increasing as they lose contests. I ain't serving no police. Virginia McDonald's employee refuses to serve uniformed officer. He came in. The person walked away. It took somebody else to come serve him. And as of this podcast, they were not fired. Which is scary. That branch did not fire him. John Legend. Your president wants more people to die so he can embarrass Obama. Everybody made fun of him. We have a replacement plan for Obamacare. Oh my God, people will die. But that is really big. Your president? I tweeted John Legend back when Obama was president. This was considered racist. And O.J. Simpson, which I'm not covering, got released. Tariq Nasheed, the race baiter, taking over Al Sharpton. He's the new one. They used the I'm white and I say so law on O.J. and gave him the bogus sentence, which was essentially double jeopardy. A black man. You bring race into literally everything. Another. O.J. ain't been black since 1978. He turned his back on the black community. He's not deserving of your outrage. And that is our hate tweet of the day. Hypocrisy! So, of course, Spicy got fired. Right out of the gate, Natalie M. Prezella, some feminist teacher, countdown till the White House starts spinning appointment of Sarah Huckabee Sanders as some kind of feminist milestone. Hashtag nope. Of course, they won't use the term feminist but it predict glass ceiling empowering women rhetoric. Holler rhetoric in a case I have to specify. And people, of course, attacked her. So a feminist milestone only matters if the woman is a liberal. It kills you to see strong conservative women succeed. Hashtag women hater. But it wouldn't be a glass ceiling because they're already female. Dana Perino. You remember? If you're going to fucking be a dick... At least fucking do a Google search. (sighs) Mark Levin had a number one ranking book. The New York Times took it off because he's a conservative. Glenn Thrush, today I feel like the wheels are coming off before the lug nuts were even put on. The entire world goes, do you not even know what, what, of course the wheels will come off if you don't put the lug nuts on. What the fuck, dude? Who taught you analogies? Everybody else said, the dude doesn't even own a car. 
Nicole Wallace, who's really trying to get some traction on MSDNC, she used to be conservative, worked for Bush, but now she is a liberal, just like Joe Scarborough, because a contract tells her she has to. She suggests Sanj Spicer was fired because real Donald Trump wanted better-looking men to help the messaging. Another unhinged loon afflicted by TDS. Is the best tweet on that one. I loved it. Alyssa Milano is fighting to hold Trump accountable for Russia collusion. This is an actual article. I believe it was on Fox. The renowned actress has launched an initiative to hold the Trump administration accountable for collusion with Russia. Here, she opens up about her political activism. And they actually cover how she did so good in helping a guy who fucking lost. And they even do it when Ostoff not so narrowly lost the special election to Republican Karen Handel. The actress fired off an innocuous tweet, one that two days later drew a creepy reply from Senator Ted Cruz. And this just goes into how she is such a farce. How many times have we covered her on the show for just downright ignorance? My favorite hypocrisy came from the New York Times, though, this week. New York Times reporter accuses white women of racism on city sidewalks. This is awesome. New York Times facing blowback on social media after publishing an essay by an African-American reporter accused white women of racism for not ceding space on city sidewalks to black men. In a Wednesday essay titled, Was That Racist?, Reporter Greg Howard singled out white women for forcing him off the sidewalk completely, walking towards him. In seven years of living and walking here, I found that most people walk courteously, but what that white women, at least when I'm in their path, do not. Sometimes they're buried in their phones, other times they're in pairs and groups and in conversation. But often they're looking ahead, through me, if not quite at me. When white women are in my path, they almost always continue straight, forcing me one side without changing their course. This happens several times a day, and a couple of times a week, white women force me off the sidewalk completely. In these instances, when I'm standing in the street or in the dirt, as a white woman strides past, broad-shouldered and blissful, I turn furious. You know, um, in the South, gentlemen give up. The sidewalk. That's what you do. Black, pink, dude, chicks. I, cause I don't know. I just step off. They have long hair and they look like a woman. I fucking want them off. They get the sidewalk. I step in the street. That's what a man does. It's called chivalry. But in his world, we all should bow and pay homage to anybody who's African-American just because there was slavery, even though most of us weren't even fucking here when there was slavery. Jackass. The Atlantic did a whole article, and remember, we just covered the family of Al-Qaeda in Canada. They want us to be more. Jonathan Kay did a huge article in the Atlantic, and I just, what the fuck? They think it's the best thing ever that we paid $10 million to a guy who killed an American soldier. Do you see why it's really hard for me to support Democrats as a vet? They just fucking hate us. Freeform, the bold type, celebrates Planned Parenthood, liberal feminism, and politics. I'm not going to play it at a soundbite. But they make a big deal on a show about abortion. AMC's Preacher 
tears page from the Bible and rolls joints with it. Rolling Stone does an incomplete article on Dunkirk as it relates to Trump. Yeah. Seriously. But there was a lot of that. Zach Petikanis, a damn strategist who's on CNN and MSDNC, just saw Dunkirk, if you're not fighting Trump selling this nation out to fascist foreign regime, it's time to question your patriotism. Damn, you learned about Dunkirk from a movie and then you think you can lecture about patriotism. Middle finger emoji, which I'd love to learn how to do that because I, I don't know. But vets like me who said shit to him that I will not say here because it's pretty vulgar. Somebody did it very professionally. Unless you suited up and actually engaged the enemy, fuck off. Respectfully, of course. I thought that's a pretty good. <laughs> Katie Couric did an article in the New York Daily News this week where she literally said fake news is tearing this country apart. This from the woman who did a fake 2A segment where she selectively edited gun owners' comments in a documentary. Do you remember that? We covered it on the show. I did a whole segment on it. I actually played the real soundbite that shows all the answers were altered. Like when somebody would say, well, I'd have to think for a second. They made it look like they didn't know the gun laws. And then the guy said, oh, yeah, because one of them taped it smartly, which is now the thing to do. If you're going to do an interview with any liberal well, just with any reporter, because they're all liberal. You better record that shit, because they're just going to do what they can do to make it look bad. To our media mash, Matthews from MSDNC and Peters from New York Times, GOP, the Putin Party. CBS, Texas Bathroom, is between the moderates and the far right. The bathroom law. New Day is a capstone of all bias. Listen to these journalists push all the liberal talking points on the health care. Stephanie Rule, giddy over Pocahontas giving Trump an F. When do you see anybody giving a fucking grade to Obama on the uh, MSDNC network? O'Donnell's more worried about Planned Parenthood being defunded than actually Cecil Richard, and that's who he's interviewing. And then Stephanie Rule loses it again when a GOP guy calls him out for being liberal pieces of shit. Enjoy! And why is the Republican Party going along with Trump on the Russians? Is the GOP becoming the Putin Party? I love saying that, by the way, the Putin Party. That's the question. And it's raising concerns that this president and his party are putting their interests ahead of the country's. But this this acceptance of Putin's messing with our election, this casualness with which they defend, no matter what's proven, I, I am still taken aback. I know these people in the hard right are patriotic normally. But why are they uh, so unpatriotic when it comes to letting the Russians mess with us? That's not a patriotic position to be in. It just isn't, objectively. It's stunning. It's this head-spinning role reversal from the party that was tough on communists and tough on the Soviet Union. I mean, this this used to be a prerequisite for being a Republican, being tough on them. Yeah. And now, all of a sudden, you have this band of conservatives who are basically apologists for Putin. And what's, I think, really undergirding this, Chris, is it's wrapped up in anti-Obamaism. For a lot of conservatives like Sarah Palin and eventually Donald Trump himself, Putin was the ultimate foil for Obama. He was more of a man than Obama was. He was more of a leader. He was decisive. He seized countries. He sh rode 
uh, a horse shirtless and she went higher tiger hunting in the in the Russian wilderness. And so for for them he kind of took who on does this, this word for like who does this who does this bare bare chested tiger hunting image who does that work for? <laughs> it's pretty primordial. I mean, I mean, God, give me a break here. Is this how they decide their politics? No, I mean, I like Teddy Roosevelt, but that was a little more restrained version of this. I don't know well, what right. to say. I mean, he almost became he almost became like this, this Paul Bunyan like figure for, yeah. for a lot of conservatives because to them he represented somebody who was emasculating and humiliating Barack Obama on the world mm. stage, and because of that, almost any other transgression could be forgiven. You've got one estimate says, that says Texas could lose five and a half billion dollars if these bathroom bills become law. Look, the real fight here reflects what appears to be going on with the GOP nationally in that you've got moderate Texas Republicans who are in a full-out fight with the far-right-leaning members of their own party. When it comes to the issue of transgender people using public bathrooms in Texas, the state's Republican governor has voiced the conservative party line. Well, I think really what we need and what most countries have is a simple single-payer system, and that has seemed politically unfeasible, but I think that what's interesting is that you're actually seeing more and more Democrats say this should be our baseline. I mean, it's cheaper, the outcomes are better, um, you know, it, it's really, it's what the rest of the world is using and is where we need to be. He's saying, just let it be, let it be, He's saying, let people let grow. It, really dissatisfied no, with saying, it. Let it fail. fail. Right, meaning right. Don't do anything. Don't touch yeah. anything. So let it. So let it fail, which is what you just heard from Jim Jordan of People. But there's. Wonder if the White House is celebrating. Today marks the end of the first six months of the Trump presidency. And this morning, there's a new report card out that shows he has fallen far short in fulfilling one of his key promises from the campaign: draining the swamp in Washington, but you've given him an F. Well, at least it wasn't an F minus, and you found that his administration and his transition team has included 193 lobbyists and corporate insiders. This matters to people on a day-by-day-by-day basis that Donald Trump has put the corporate lobbyist in charge of running our government. Unfortunately, report cards can get slid under beds in the back of drawers. What can actually be done? These are not just anecdotes. These are bad things. What can be yeah. done about them? I've posted this on my website. I know that Senator Whitehouse will be doing the same. Just send it around to everybody that we can because it is only when the voices of the people are heard that we're going to be able to fight back against this. Senator Warren doing the thing none of us ever want. Sending President Trump back to summer school after this report card. Nobody wants an F in July. And after six months in office, that's what you've given him. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. And I'm sure you know this with all the people you've been talking to and the people who use Planned Parenthood and, and friends of mine who use Planned Parenthood and others who are on Obamacare. This has been six months of incredible and difficult anxiety right. and worry and near panic for them. Absolutely. No, I was in, you know, I was in Paul Ryan's district uh, where we have three health centers that provide preventive services to women, thousands of women who get their basic primary care from Planned Parenthood. They were desperate. These distractions are more interesting to the uh, to the Washington press corps, to the New York press corps, than they are to the people in Actually, the middle of America. Actually, Congressman, Congressman, hold on. Not necessarily uh, to Ali and I. So it's not the press corps. I would absolutely love to focus on the agenda, sir. The president isn't. 
Listen, there's an unhealthy obsession with all things Russian and all things the last election by plenty of people, largely in the sir, press corps. You're right. There are times, you, sir. It is not an unhealthy sure. obsession. Do you believe that Russia interfered in the 2016 election? I think I think Russia has attempted to interfere in several elections over the last several decades in many countries. How is that an unhealthy obsession? It's an unhealthy obsession when 90% of a newscast is focused on that when there are plenty of other things going on. Sir, have you that ever said, watched what we that do? That said, have we you continue to do, do our, our job. Jeffrey and I concentrate on a daily basis. We talk about tax reform. We talk about health care. So you're, you're issuing Republican sure. talking points right now. I'm going to ask our producers, that. Congressman, to send you links to all of the stuff that, that Stephanie and I have done on health care, on infrastructure, on American-made, on, uh, minimum on, on minimum wage, on economic growth, please, so that you don't go on anybody else's TV and, and spout this nonsense about how the media is obsessed with Russia. Another interest, in, interesting incident that happened this week was uh, Ann Coulter was moved from her seat. LA Times, WAPO, everybody did articles on it. And then the truth came out that they actually found texts from the workers that say the following... No one, someone noticed her and just wanted to be a jerk and makes her life miserable. Yeah, I said that on several accounts, Facebook groups of Delta Airlines employees, they were all hating on Anne. And when I defended her, we went back and forth. And at the end, they acknowledged that it was a Delta employee who targeted Anne on purpose. And they changed her seat. Yeah. But the media never covered that portion. They covered that she was being a bitch and she upgraded her flight, just like I've done a million times. Right before the flight, I've upgraded my seat to a better seat, paid the $30 to $50, and I expected that seat, but they didn't let her have her seat. So once again, this is okay when it happens to conservative female, but if this was a liberal female, folks... You would have learned everything that some conservative, sexist, xenophobic, white supremacist made a black female change seats on a American airline flight, and it would be everywhere, just everywhere. Joe Scarborough ran his suck, and as we go into our stats of the day, I want you to hear it, but I'm simultaneously going to play a soundbite that refutes everything he says from his very own show. That, 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 that's just not true. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to really. I've known Jay for a long time, and I've liked Jay for a long time. But there are so many uh, uh, false statements there. Uh, talk about conflating things. It's staggering. And Jeremy Peters, if you look at what Jay Sekulow was forced to go out and say last weekend on the Sunday shows, if you look at the statement that the President of the United States signed off on. With all the president's men around him on Air Force One coming back from Europe, lying, lying to the New York Times, lying to the American people, saying this meeting was just about adoption, and then the next day lying about the people that were in it, then going on a TV show that basically is state-run television and being asked at the end of that TV show, is there anything else that we don't know about? And Don Jr. saying, that's it. And then the next day, we find out another person attended the meeting. And then the next day, we find out that somebody connected with the KGB that basically was an intel officer was at the meeting. And then the next day, finding out that there are two other people at the meeting. These people keep getting caught in their lives day after day after day. 
and Jay Sekulow and the President of the United States nothing to see here move along move along it's it's like actually a character out of the Simpsons there is something to see here and even their own base know that most people think the White House is obsessing about this I mean to be fair there have been an awful lot more time spent on troops in Afghanistan on health care debate I mean obviously this is not taking up all of the White House's time no but I do think that you know Fox I'm not suggesting Joe, that it is for independent voters Fox is doing its own damage anyway so why not leave them to do it I just don't see Joe, what this has to the White point, House the White House did just email saying that interaction with Jake Tapter was was not heated and I would say that they are making comments about Fox News in a very calm, understated manner, and we're the ones freaking out about it. Hypocrisy is a bad thing over there on MSDNC. So let's go to the stats today without a bumper to abortion, which I was going to put in closed loop, but it's pretty interesting. A new poll finding, a Pew poll finding, revealed that the liberal media who applaud abortion, healthcare, and moral as moral are out of touch with nearly half the United States. And so while the media cites polls that support the agenda, you'll probably never hear this one, the article goes. While only 20% of Americans say abortion should be totally illegal, 48% say it is morally wrong. The majority say it's morally wrong to have an abortion. The more they push, the more they have a women's march, the more they do their cause harm. That's just how I believe it. Because it looks just ghoulish. The whole feminist movement is ghoulish about aborting. And unfortunately, those Veritas videos are having impact because people are seen behind the curtain and they see it's a fucking hideous regime over there. Other stats, North Korea is killing people for theft doing public executions, but they're also doing it for watching South Korean media. Wow. That's a fascist regime right there, buddy. Kind of covering that since we're going to go into the Antifa. Nation's top 10 governors are Republicans. And as we are seeing this huge influx of terrible ice raids that are actually comparative to every other president ever. Uh, this week, you'll probably be hearing a lot of screaming and yelling because they're actually going to be going after teenagers, gang members. This week is the ice raid for teenagers. <clears throat> and really, folks, if you saw the news about that Walmart truck with 10 dead and all those people trapped in a truck and sealed up trying to immigrate here, we really got to fix our immigration system. Well, we just got to fix it. I mean, when you had a president that basically said, come on down, we're not going to do anything, and did DACA and things like that, this will be blamed on Trump somehow. You'll you'll see it in the next podcast. But the reality is, people don't jump in a truck unless they can get here and just get away with it. And that was brought to you by Brock Hussein Obama. So a music break. And we're going to. It's going down. Yeah. Found an article. The real violent speech problem. Which is the Antifa. And I found an ISIS inspired website. It looks just like ISIS. Even with an article. Or like a PDF magazine they're putting out. This 
is some hateful shit. Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reed. But I'm a
Yeah, that, that's a band. It's an anti Antifa band. I don't know if it's Straight from the Path is the name of the band. Good night, all right, or is it Good night, all right? Straight from the Path is the name of the song. I don't really want to know because a bunch of douche nozzles. But yeah, this is um, disturbing to say the least when you get done with it. And I found it from, like I said, an article. The real violent speech problem. The New York Times posed a provocative question this week in its Sunday review last weekend. When is speech violence? You can tell just by reading the headline how the paper of record would come out on this subject, and the column did not disappoint. The writer, Lisa Feldman Barrett, a psychology professor at Northeastern University, argues that stressful words can have a serious negative impact on a person's health and life. Barrett concluded that this constitutes... Sorry, it's really early. I'm having a hard time reading today. A form of violence and proceeds to bemoan how right-wing speakers on campus pose serious threat to minority students. And we kind of cover this. The anti-free speech argument has been deployed ad nauseum in defense of preventing right-wing personalities from speaking on campus. Apparently the words of Milo Yiannopoulos and Ann Coulter will actually physically harm, do physical harm to those who are offended by it. Science says so. While it is common for liberals to declare opinions that oppose mass immigration or question campus rape hysteria as somehow amounting to violence, what is exceedingly rare is for the respectable progressives to show much concern for genuinely violent speech coming from the extreme left. The same week that the New York Times is publishing another column attempting to paint non-threatening right-wing speech as violence, groups and personalities associated with the Antifa we're churning out more calls for violence against anyone they see as a Nazi. The Daily Caller uncovered more evidence last week that the popular Antifa website, It's Going Down, is cheerleading. Rampant criminality and violent actions. The site has 19 pages of content dedicated to the category of sabotage, where its anonymous anarchist writers praise such activities as pouring concrete on train tracks. There are multiple instances of the site threatening violence against Trump supporters, including promoting a poster showing a bayonet being thrust against a person wearing a mega hat. Yeah. It's Going Down recently published an open letter to liberals in order to get their moderate peers to support their violent activities. The articles claim that only the violent leftists of Antifa are willing to fight for liberals. It was the intense resistance that anarchists and anti-fascists engaged in after the election and the inauguration and against the far right, which made it harder for the regime to roll out the totality of their agenda for fear of full-scale revolt. It's going down, argued. In spite of this open support for violence and criminality, it's going down as allowed to raise money on Patron, a site oft- that has often bans extreme right- rightists from being the same. Interestingly enough, I did a Patron page, thought about starting to try to make some money from my recording studio, and then I got a recording studio from Santa's sister. But mine was shut off for lack of use, they said, but I think they probably listened to my podcast. These messages aren't just limited to the fringe corners of the internet. They also pop up in the culture. The most famous example is when Stranger Things star David Harbour proclaimed at the Screen Actors Guild Award that those who oppress need a punch in the face. The crowd full of Hollywood elites wildly cheered on that suggestion. A less famous but more recent and violent example of that encouragement comes from the left-wing hardcore band Straight from the Path. 
So I had it right. Straight from the past, the name of the band. Last Thursday, the band released a music video for their new song, Good Night All Right. The song is an open endorsement of violence against members of so-called alt-right, and the video glorifies Antifa stalking and torching a mega-hat-wearing fascist. The singer for the band screams the song's message, Preach hate, expect hate. Of course, the music genre of hardcore and heavy metal are famous for portraying violent fantasies, and we should be weary of construing artistic expression as little incitement, but Straight From The Past song came out at a time when these messages have impact on a large part of society, and the aggression is not just limited in the direction towards the alt-right. Just ask the everyday folk of Portland Republican Party who were threatened with being dragged and beaten by Antifa if they participate in the famous City Roses Parade. Violence against conservatives and Republicans have become markedly normalized during the extreme partisanship and overblown fears the president is taking America down the wrong path. These are the reasons that motivate the real-world violence of Antifa. Professor Barrett may be more worried about the words of Yiannopoulos, but the more serious threat were in the black mass leftists who shut down the UC Berkeley speech with bats and pepper spray. When the Berkeley rioters defended their actions in the school newspaper, their arguments sounded remarkably similar to the New York Times column. They're resorting to violence in order to fight the supposed violence of somebody's words. It's quite interesting that Professor Barrett's argument can be exploited to support physical violence all because of a dubious fears of the men- mental harm inflicted by right-wing rhetoric. Many liberals should stop making arguments for suppressing speech and encourage actual violence and focus instead on the terroristic propaganda of Antifa. The New Jersey Department of Homeland Security considers the left-wing movement a threat, so when will the Times Sunday Review take the same stance, the person asked. So you go to the website and you find this video. We're on the front page of the New York Times. Donald Trump calls us thugs. Democrats complain that they can't control us. What are they afraid of? Anarchists oppose all forms of oppressive power. We strive for a world based on self-determination and mutual aid. As the world veers towards tyranny, only grassroots direct action can keep our community safe. If you're ready to take action without waiting for orders, you're one of us. If you want to learn more about us, visit these websites. Yeah, they make it sound like they're doing something great. And that picture is, we beat them before, we'll beat them again. And it shows Nazis under a bayonet. And they show a person with the Make a Great America Again hat. And they're under it. Yeah, I'll post it with the... uh, episode on Facebook for those who want to see it. So when you go to their site, it's going down as a digital community, a digital community center for anarchist, anti, anarchist, anti-fascist, autonomous, autonomous, anti-capitalist and anti-colonial movement. Our mission is to provide a a resilient platform to publicize and promote revolutionary theory and action. Contact us at info at itsgoingdown.org. Their picture, answering, annihilation, some notes on Earth's extinction. They show a person being burned. It looks like it's from the Terminator. Uh, Other articles, Mexican anarchist prisoner Fernando Bersino in danger. Final straw, G20 reports back and NC resist the grand jury. Calls for anti-colonial block against Keystone XL August 6th. Durham NC banner drop for Eric Garner. 
debunking excuses for police violence in Hamburg. Fox News host alt-right trolls talk about IGD article. Solidarity with Mexican anarchist Fernando Barcenas. That guy must be pretty important to them. North Carolina resists the grand jury on the messy psychology of Trumpism, deception, and the right. This kettle won't settle. North Carolina week of solidarity. An interview with re-imprisoned anarchist Coyote Acabo. Base Stickman punched someone for calling him a white supremacist. Confronting anti-Muslim terror with solidarity in Tennessee. And that was it. So you go to the who we are. It's going down, blah, blah, blah. Our mission is to provide a resilient platform to publicize and promote revolutionary theory and action. What we do, we publish original content alongside anonymous submissions, as well as re- repost articles from the website, which share our perspective. We maintain active Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook social media accounts. In addition, we publish a yearly magazine. We accept submissions. Content may be reviewed and edited by the editorial collective. And it's going down. You can read our guidelines here. We ask projects that are also asking for money like Unicorn Riot, Submedia, Indigenous Action Media, Gods and Radicals, etc. for permission to repost their work. If you're an author, repost a content to which we have failed to get in touch with you and you would like us to edit or remove our rebroadcast, please email us at info. So basically just rebroadcasting people's shit, probably without asking, on submissions, we accept original content that shares perspectives and intentions with its going down. Example of contributions are communiques, communiques, these guys are fuck. they've watched way too many World War II movies, uh, editorials, first-hand accounts, interviews, documentaries, report backs, essays, original research, photos, tweets, and videos are strongly encouraged, make that shit pop. Types of posts, articles that originate from outside IGD are marked on the top of the post linking the original website. If you do not wish IGD to post, get with us because we're going to do it anyway. Articles that are submitted to this website, meaning that an anonymous person submit their article to IGD for review for possible posting is marked as such. These articles are only found on IGD, but are not written by the collective. This is like some socialistic stuff. Regional breakdowns, Northwest, Southwest, Central, Midwest... And Northeast, Southeast, and Pacific, Mexico, Canada, technology. We have taken several steps to help ensure privacy, security, and anonymity. Legal notice. Um, IGD does not organize protests, demonstrations, or other actions, although we do give space for various groups to report, build, and create capacity for various actions. Special message to the news media. IGD is an anarchist news website and platform. We do not organize, demonstrate, or carry out actions. Therefore, we cannot represent something we did not organize. Often, journalists will read something in IGD submitted by an anonymous source and assume that IGD as a group carried out so said action. But this is not the case. Additionally, we are not a neutral, uninhibited agency. Neither are you in our writing, nor do we intend to be. We do at times speak to the media and at times give interviews. And then they get out and want bitcoins and donations. All over the place. Um, They break it down. IGD is not a hobby or part-time project. We have never and will never accept grants, advertisement revenue, and payments or donations from any organization or wealthy billionaire. IGD is a daily commitment of volunteers. Your donation monetarily support the work of full-time editors, podcasters, technical engineers, blah, 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 blah. Then I found... 
their first magazine, issue one. It's going down. Uh, let me scroll down. Anarchist news and practice across so-called North America. Tables of content. If I die in police custody, burn everything down. Another word for white ally is coward. Police kill again in St. Louis. Anti-police graffiti in Hoakland, Montreal. The anniversary of Mike Brown's murder. Do riots work? Minneapolis could easily burn like Baltimore. An open letter to Philly anti-authoritarians. Conflict in Minneapolis. Terrorism and civil war. On throwing rocks. Update on struggle in Olympia. Thoughts from a black anarchist choosing sides for Olympia to Charleston. Ties that bound. Neo-Nazi doused in urine. Report from Run the Clan Out of Town. The new neo-Nazis. Reflection on Smash, the Hammerskins March. Now that's undeniable. A concerted effort against gentrification. Interview with Cecil on the Grey Star campaign. The Black Bloc takes back the streets of Montreal. Here are the children of Ricardo Flores Mignon. Agency against pipelines. The party's over. Report back from New Year's Eve. Spotlight under Cleveland. Street fighting marks October 2nd demonstration. Action roundup and resources. So, uh, let's go to neo-Nazi. What was the one I wanted to read? Let's go up a little bit. Oh, we'll read one. On throwing rocks. Let's go to page 12. All right, go down. They got pictures and everything. This is... This is just like ISIS. They, they got their shit going on. On throwing rocks. Thoughts on demonstration at the 4th Precinct of Minneapolis on November 18th. When activism declares that the stone throwing was merely a reaction to the violence of the police and assures the media that it was quickly quelled, they rob the event of its plurality and exclude those who don't get it who were raised differently, or who strongly reacted. It doesn't matter that race the person is saying it is. This is colonial logic that de facto excludes any form of resistance that doesn't appeal to the police, the state, and the media. <clears throat> it implicitly, through its own violent exclusion of the resistance of others, supports the world as it is. It is reactionary. In its simplest form, this non-violence signifies the intellectual and economic elite of the colonialist country that the bourgeois has the same interests as the... Oh, fuck you! Alright, let's go down to the urine. Uh, where's the urine one? Thoughts on a black anarchist on a lack of momentum in Olympia. Jeez, they're choosing sides from Olympia to Charleston. Neo-Nazi Michael Ironballs. Communique, on July 29, 2015, Michael Ironballs MacArthur, a self-proclaimed nationalist socialist from Berwyn, Illinois, was greeted with a face full of raunchy Antifa piss in front of the apartment, 3137 Oak Park Avenue, apartment 107. He's been let go from his tarot card reading at Cigars and Stripes and spends his time at the YMCA off Oak Park on the Berwyn Public Library. Fuck Nazis. Nazis. Southside ARA, August 6, 2015. Yeah. Wow. This this is the Black Bloc takes back the streets of Montreal. And it's all written in that long prose of the bourgeois. The party's over. If we're not going to fight for queer space, we may as well go back to the village. 
That's a Montreal article. Communique, Cleveland. Unbelievable. This shit is, you know, and I'm all about free speech, but every one of these articles is basically asking for violence. They do May 30th, anti-fascist dash with neo-Nazis. Early June, anti-fascist patrols continued on for several days in Olympia. Olympia, a hotbed of fascism. They cover meat, packing, company strikes. Dozens of monkeys are freed from a research facility in Puerto Rico. Several dozen teenagers rampage through a Walmart, causing thousands of dollars of damage in Georgia. 200 rioters damaged the police department headquarters as well as several vehicles in Canada. Anarcha feminists broke off from the main route of Dyke March and blocked an intersection in front of Queer Bar, recently evicted due to gentrification in San Francisco. Hmm. Yeah. So, once again, I, I cover this because you don't hear about BLM anymore. BLM's off. Nobody's been shot lately. I have a whole article. I'm not going to read it, but, you know, what happened? And their conclusion, BLM was once a household name, hotly debated on national television every night. Now it's one single branch of a large organization, unable to garner its previous attention. The former leaders of BLM have fallen into obscurity like the three founders have been arrested like Charles Wade or sold out like DeRay McKesson. The majority is a breath of new life for the activism of BLM, but how will the new relationship affect their ability to achieve their specific goals in the wake of the obfuscation and red tape which comes with the corporate seized entity? What do you think? Is this the beginning or the end of the BLM? Will the majority reach the same height as BLM once did? Leave it to the comment section below. And this was, you know, off Vox, so it was all pro BLM, but you don't hear about them. You hear these Antifa guys. And the moment one of them punched that dude in the face at the inauguration, the media loved it. They covered it. And they've yet to do anything like this. You, you not heard them cover the site that's actually calling for violence. They're calling for violence. They're they're literally covering all of the violence these people are doing it and it's it's okay they're, they're not even upset about it because you know every time a G20 happens world trade remember the one in Seattle where they almost burned the whole fucking city down it's okay the media has no problem with it it's okie dokie and I would tell you how these guys get away with this shit and have web space for this type of talk is unbelievable. So, if you're interested in doing more research on these fucking pieces of shit, it is itsgoingdown.org, one word, I-T-S-G-O-I-N-G-D-O-W-N dot org. It's a whole thing over here. They have their own website, choosing sides and getting organized. They've updated why Dane Powell is a hero. 
is today's article. Let's read what it's about. Read more. Who's Dane Powell? Know thy enemy, my friends. Know your enemies. You don't see a lot of them in the South because they know most people would kick their ass. On January 20th, thousands of protesters from across the country descend upon D.C. to protest the inauguration of Trump. Several hundred of these protesters participated in an anti-fascist, anti-capitalist march resulted in the arrest of 230 people. I was arrested that day, along with 214 others, currently face decades in prison. July 7th marked the first sentence of a co-defendant. His name is Dane Powell, and he should be looked up to. Dane Powell, who could be seen in the video from J20 removing a child from harm's way, was sent to prison on Friday, July 7th for employing escalating tactics against a bourgeois fascist regime. The Metropolitan Police Department unlawfully deployed stun grenades, tear gas, and kettle tactics in the pursuit of protests through the street of Washington, D.C. Reports of all sorts of sexual assault committed by officers while protests were in police custody. Dane, like myself, as roots and funny, as he sits in his cell for the next four months, I want Dane Powell to know that he is an inspiration. His bravery has helped me brace for whatever the government wants to throw my way. I'm sure my 200-plus co-defendants would agree. Though the words world finds itself confronting multiple crises ranging from war, wealthy disparity, wealth disparity, and the eventual death of our planet, issues worsen through the perpetuation of capitalism. It'd be hard-pressed to see anyone in San Marcos doing anything about it. Dane Powell, knowing he has everything to lose, knew the res- residing on the sideline was conceding defeat. Dear readers, I do not mean to insult you, but chances are the most active you've been in the last year and a half in critiquing our president at your favorite bar. When individuals like Dane Powell place not just the freedom, but the very lives in line of our never-ending struggle against oppression, you have the responsibility to stand in solidarity with them. Your decision to remain neutral makes her complicit and further actions undertaken by the Trump regime. The future belongs to the daring individuals willing to fight back against fascism. Dane Powell is one of these individuals. My hundred of co-defendants and I know who stand, we stand with, do you, know who we stand with, do you. He's an anonymous. Most of them are anonymous. Which is my final point. If this cause was so worthy, why do they cover their face? Why do they cover their face? Why do they post anonymously on the web? I've stood up and fought for this country. I showed my face. I showed my face. And as I was told the other day by my local anti-fascist that I only fought for money and a false sense of patriotism. That's what I was told. That's, that's what I was doing. A guy who draws pictures of the military base and sells them. But he's an anti-fascist who has a bike and is a total loser. On a level I don't even, I can't even comprehend how much of a loser. Even when you try to help this guy, which I've tried, he's just a loser. He is so caught up in this anti-fascist, everything's the man, and that the planet's ending. It's depressing talking to him. But he is anonymous and everything. They're all anonymous. So if your cause was so just and right, why can't you just be like Alyssa Milano or Nora Tandon, the resistant crowd, and just show your face? I respect them more, because at least they're saying, hey, this is me. But when you do it under the cloak of a bandana, I call you a pussy. You're just a pussy. 
You won't even show your face. Cold cocking people, you know, sucker punching people and saying you're a badass because you believe they're racist. By your interpretation and everything I read by the Antifa, everybody's racist. You're racist because you're white. Everybody who's white's racist. So you should be punching yourself in the face by your own logic. But these type of people, to me, are ten times worse than any white supremacist piece of shit. Because you don't see them going to like downtown Birmingham and burning shit down. Though the KKK and all them fuckers protests are just like Westboro, disgusting, they say disparaging thing about everything, they just say words. The Antifa is direct action. They go out and fuck shit up, beat people, destroy property, all under the guise of we're stopping fascism, which isn't happening in America, because if there was fascism, you wouldn't be able to do your protests. That's fascism. You'd all be dead right now, because they would have used real bullets. It's some confusing shit, so check it out. It's goingdown.org. It's just depressing to look at. Because a whole generation of kids that are brainwashed under some ideal that we're all under a fascist regime. And we're not. To a music break. News. Social. Media. Nuggets.
Welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast with Tony Reese. Stop. Now it's time for news and social media nuggets. The crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind. Military Corner, this one just blows my mind. New Army Training tells female soldiers to accept naked men in the shower. This hasn't been overturned yet by the Trump administration, but in their training slides, and I found this from uh, Tony. I don't know where he lives, but he's a buddy of mine from the Army. We served together. He... um. The Federalist did an article and he shared it on Facebook and here they had vignettes. When you go through the EEOC and the crazy shit, um, you have all these scenarios that you're supposed to learn. So this was the vignette, vignette four soldiers, unit training, barracks, bathroom and showers vignette following her transition from male to female, which did not include sex reassignment surgery. And gender marker change in deers, which means she went from male to female in deers. A transgender soldier begins using female barracks, bathroom, and shower facilities because she did not undergo a surgical change. The soldier still has male genitalia. So, to break it down, in deers, it's like the database for all soldiers for medical purposes and benefits. And so, when you list it, of course, is your... Your uh, spouse, home records, and of course your gender. So in this one, she is a person who thinks she's a she, but she still has bio- biological man junk. And this is how they they talk it out: considerations, responsibilities. Treat all soldiers with dignity and respect. It's a whole army value thing. Soldiers must accept living and working conditions that are often austere, primitive, and characterized by little or no privacy. Basically, get over it. 
All soldiers must use the barracks, bathrooms, and shower facilities associated with their gender marker in deers. Understand that you may encounter individuals in barracks, bathrooms, or shower facilities with physical characteristics of the opposite sex despite having the same gender marker in deers. All soldiers should be respectful of the privacy and modern conditions of others. Modesty. Uh, concerns of others. However, transgender soldiers are not required or expected to modify or adjust their behavior based on the fact that they do not match other soldiers. Soldiers should discuss any questions or concerns with their chain of command. So basically what they're saying now in the military is a dude who thinks he's a dude or thinks he's a chick, it's okay if he pops wood in the shower if he's using a group shower. Which is rare nowadays, but it's still there. You just get over it. You suck it up, Buttercup. Because it's all about them. They don't have to change. You do have to change. And you have to put up with it. And, you know, the, the problem with this... This is not PC. This is war. You're fighting for the freedom of the country. You may go, like I did in Afghanistan, eight months without electricity. I ball washed in the open area, but I could do that because there were no females. And now we're playing the gender dysphoria shit, and it's scary. It's just scary. It needs to be repealed yesterday. It's either biological or not. Because my question is, when the dude who thinks he's a chick, who also thinks he's a lesbian chick, but he's a dude, pops wood, is that sexual harassment? How are you going to play that now? I know how the Army's going to play it. Play it like the Obama administration. Nope. Nope. So your daughter's got to take a shower with a dude with a stick and berry. Fucking stupid as shit. The battle for the moon begins. An increasing number of nations and companies are headed there. One group says the UN needs to start making rules. And I didn't think about that. And for all the Antifa people, what's going to happen if they do get up there and there is no American flag? That's pretty scary. It's hard to go and transition to the crazy when I just talked about crazy in the military, which really hurts my souls. My souls? <laughs> I got plural souls. From Teen Vogue, 14 things you should never say to a lesbian. Wow, that, this is important for our teenagers to know. Mm. They need to know this. One, who's the man in the relationship? This one's really, really simple. Neither of us is man because we're both women. Now stop with the rigid, outdated ideas about gender roles. And remember that women can exist together sans male figures or influence. Oh, really? Then why does one of you always dress like a male and have short hair? Shut the fuck up. Number two, how do you have sex? Despite how obviously intrusive and offensive this question is, lesbians are subjected to quite regularly. Presumably the confusion part is a lack of penis, being that some lesbians don't have them. Yeah, but you use plastic ones, which is once again Tony's theory. If you're lesbian, then you should be just oral sexing. Because why do you need a penis in there? But you do. You do have a penis. And vegans eat stuff that eat like meat. Don't get me started. Have you ever had sex with a man? Some of them have loads of men. And that's why we hate them. Four. How do you know you're a lesbian if you've never done it with a man? 
five, will your friend be coming with you? No, but my wife will be. Six, you don't look like a lesbian. What does a lesbian look like? You're too pretty to be a lesbian. You just haven't met the right man. Is it like being in a relationship with your best friend? If you like girls who look like boys, why don't you date a boy? That's a good question. Well, if you like boys, then why don't you date girls who look like boys? Well, that doesn't even make sense. Levin, I know a lesbian I should set you up with. I know a man I should set you up too. Twelve, but you used to date boys. Had a boyfriend. Here's some reasons why lesbians might have dated slept with men. She fancied him. She fell in love with him. She just wanted to. Heteronormative codes. Oh, God. There's that speech again. Desire to experiment. Societal pressure. Loads more reasons which don't involve being straight. Thirteen. I can turn you straight. Fourteen. Fannies. We're not sure how many lesbians have actually been subjected to this, but my then-girlfriend, now wife, and I were innocently holding pants one when a man in a van drove past shouted fannies at us. What does that even mean? I don't even know what fannies mean. Fannies? Hmm. Minnesota proposed transgender toolkit for student causes a stir. Yeah, here we go. The debate over how schools should handle transgender students got heated Wednesday. The Minnesota Department of Education created guidelines for the state's K-12 to public schools. On Wednesday, supporters and opponents of the proposed transgender toolkit showed up at a meeting to share their opinions, and each side had strong views. The issue of finding the best way to interact with transgender students is so sensitive that even discussion about it triggers high emotions, especially among the students themselves. The time I cry about the most are the times the teacher didn't understand why my name was so important. Why my pronouns were important. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. High school. Tony Reed says high school. You do this shit in high school, not kindergarten. You're brainwashing. But that's the reason why the left's doing it. They want to brainwash everybody. Here's a buzzkill. You won't have any people to vote for you if you get everybody turned gay. Watchdog signals tougher advertising standards tackling gender stereotypes. Oh, my God. Ads depicting women have sole responsibility for cleaning up her family's mess or men failing at household tasks are likely to be banned. The advertising watchdog has signaled tougher regulations on campaigns that feature potentially harmful gender stereotypes such as women cleaning up the mess and men failing to carry out simple household tasks. The Advertising Standard Authority said there were evidence to support stronger rules on the basis that harmful stereotypes can restrict the choices, aspirations, and opportunities of children, young people, and adults. The ASA report depiction perceptions and harm concluded that while the regulators had record of banning ads on grounds of objectification, inappropriate sexualization, and suggestions that it was desired for young women to be unhealthily thin, a tougher line was needed on ads that feature stereotypical gender roles. This is all in uh, Britain. Are you beach body ready? And they say this is wrong with this girl. I hope my wife doesn't listen to this super uber sexy body. She's not too thin. She's sexy. That's bad now. Okay. Basketball team making history aims to raise 45k for Planned Parenthood. Yeah. At their best, sports represent a place where Americans can come together, no matter their differences, to root their, for their team. Despite the best efforts of liberals at ESPN and other sports media outlets, sports largely defy politics. It's what makes them special and important. But one professional basketball team, 
and of course its media fans. Couldn't care less about being divisive. In June, the WNBA's Seattle Storm announced the support of Planned Parenthood, becoming the first sports franchise to partner with abortion provider. And on Tuesday, the team's ownership group will host a Stand with PPFA rally before the 6 p.m. game against Chicago Sky. $5 from each ticket will go towards PPFA, Great Northwest, and Hawaiian Islands. Yeah. VH1's Daytime Divas, transgender women, claims to be just as real as female co-host. Wow, let's listen to the fucking soundbite. For the interruption, but sometimes our lunch hour fans simply can't control themselves. Sometimes the session is just another form of flattery. Well, one that we could do without. But while we're on the topic of obsession, Janet, your book is amazing. Oh, thank you. Girl, let's work a plug. <laughs> Redefining realness is such a So when did you title. know that you were a girl? Oh, Heather, I've always known I was a girl. Exactly, because like you said in... So do you have a lot of friends? I mean, are they from your, your community? I have friends from lots of communities. I think it's interesting that you talked about the misconceptions so that people I'm sorry, have. I don't mean to be intrusive, but it's so fascinating to me. So when did you change uh, physically? <laughs> Goodness, Heather. Judging by all the questions you have, it sounds like you're working through your own gender issues. (laughs) No, no, no. I am definitely a real girl. (laughs) Just as real as you are, though. Except you're a real idiot. And we'll be right back. Janet, before we go out there, there's just... There's something that I need to say. No need. I got your number. No, you don't. I, you really, you really don't have my number. I know that I was asking you a lot of questions, but it's not because I'm judging you. You're totally judging. I'm not judging. Uh, ladies, please, you beat out the governor of North Carolina for transphobe of the year. I'm not transphobic. I'm not. My son is... Well, I guess that he's my daughter. She's my daughter. She's a trans. Brad Jr.? Ella. Oh, Heather. That's the first time you said it out loud. (laughs) Yeah. The lunch hour starts now. And here they are. Kimmy, Heather, and special guest co-host, Janet Moss. First shorty co-host, so watch the wide. Hello and welcome to the... Sean's not here. Someone has to step up and... I'm head PA. Um, Heather, is there something you'd like to say? Thank you. Yesterday, I made some thoughtless comments that were, uh, offensive If people get so tripped up about how to talk about things, no one will talk about anything. Mistakes happen. It's okay to be trans-ignorant. It's never okay to be transphobic. You know, the more I look at this, it's so forced. This transgender thing is so forced now. But I asked the same question I asked during the gay agenda. Black people. Do you feel left behind? And now, gay people, do you feel left behind since all they talk about is transgender now? It's all transgender. 
This one's a blue-on-blue crime. LGBT group destroys career transgender reporter exposed its anti-Semitism. Stop me if you heard this before. Someone exposes the hate and hypocrisy of the super-tolerant left and it's mercilessly punished for it. In this case, it's an award-winning LGBT reporter from a gay newspaper who stumbled upon gay activist anti-Semitism and is a reporter no longer. Back in June, transgender reporter Gretchen Hummond of the LGBT newspaper Windy City Times covered the Chicago Dyke March, a pride parade organized by people who find the regular Chicago pride parade too conservative or something. Hammond broke the news that organizers had banished several people who carried stars of David rainbow flags. According to Hammond report, the women were told to leave because the flags made people feel unsafe, that the march was anti-Zionist and pro-Palestinian. One of those forced to leave told Hammond she lost count of the number of people who harassed her over the flag. Not a good look for the love wins crowd, but those who insist that people be viewed as members of group or classes as opposed to individuals also get to choose if groups or classes are worthy of toleration. The criteria used to judge that twofold, the perceived grievance and victimhood status of the group, more equals better, and the amount of room within it for ideological and political pluralism, more equals worse. Supporters of Israel's right to defend itself, heck, its right to exist at all, fail on both counts. Since hell hath no fury like a marching dyke where their intolerance laid bare, Hammond was subsequently removed from a reporter job and was working at Windy City Times ad sales department while looking for editorial work elsewhere. That, of course, wasn't enough. The intersectionalist, the tablet, reporting that Hammond discussed her firing on July 13th at the New York Journalism Conference, and that night in the Dyke March tweeted, neo-Nazi slur defending it, then deleted it. The tablet quoted the Facebook post from Hammond on abuse she'd taken. Not remotely surprised and thoroughly disgusted, they attacked me in much the same manner, only using words like kike, and also said they would make sure your bitch ass never writes Chicago again. What the fuck? But this is the problem. This is the problem with the the alt-left. You must be pure. Totally pure. As the media rips apart the GOP for having so many different opinions on goddamn um, healthcare, which is annoying. The fact is, it looks like the right's more open to people than the left now. Because the left, it's Palestine, pro-Muslim, pro-abortion, pro-LGBT, no women that aren't all of those can come to our march. It's pretty bad. But not as bad as this. Alt-left insanity, Trump ruined bisexual wedding. By winning! It's eight months since election day and since President Trump took office, and the left is still writing stories about how they can't cope with the results. It's like a good chunk of the nation has PTSD or just sore loser disease. The latest comes from us from nutters at Bustle. That website pretends to be mainstream, only it's not. Certifiably alt-left nonsense. The site uses all sorts of hip slang, so it pretends to be something other than an ad vehicle. Look for t- terms like turnt, BFF, sassy AF, and more. It's also obsessed with The Bachelor. Hardly one article's headline, How a Grown-Ass Woman Handles the Slow Fade in Dating. Nothing makes the site look like it's not for grown-ass women than using that term. But I digress. Let's get back to the angry liberal unable to cope. Author Beth McDonald told readers about her idyllic life and how President Donald Trump wrecked it all. I came out as bisexual just over two years ago when I fell in love with a woman who is now my wife. My conservative Christian family from a small town West Virginia were nothing but open, loving, and supportive. So far, so good. Then the most awful thing happened. The election. 
a political neophyte who had never been voted, who had never even voted before, turned turned into the family member determined to annoy everyone. I became terrified and I got vocal about it. I attended rallies. I sent articles to my parents. I pleaded on social media for everyone who loves and supports me to please put their taxes and guns aside and stand up for human rights. Election day came. The liberal apocalypse happened. I woke up in a stupor of shock. We lost. How could we have lost? The future was supposed to be bright and fair, not dark and hate-filled. Then came the betrayal. On November 9th, I saw an Instagram post from my cousin of he and his wife on a plane celebrating the victory of President Donald Trump. He was just happy. He was gloating, captioning the photo with hashtags like hashtag Hillary and hashtag Hillary for prison, exclaiming his excitement for Trump to make America great again. Even more, an ultra-conservative Christian cousin of her wife-to-be didn't approve of gay wedding, horrors, or the French would say, zut allers, who said I'm not multicultural. Naturally, she did what any newly woke, radical, alt-lefty bisexual would do. She attacked her family. On the internet, I wrote about the destructive election results, how I wasn't going to stay quiet about my discontent, and the dismay I felt over my family who all had to sit across from one another for dinner on Thanksgiving so soon after this historical event. Her family was displeased and called her a bigot. One told her that if she couldn't respect other people's rights to have their own opinions, then neither he nor his brother and their wives would be attending her wedding. She summed it up, patting herself on the back, celebrating the seeds of love, tolerance, and acceptance that I'm planting in the family I've chosen to grow. She then wrote some gibberish about, I love is love, took another swipe of Trump, and was done. Stories like this are happening across the country, and we keep on reading them over and over and over, and it's just so funny. Everybody else is intolerant because they don't think what you think. Seriously. What the fuck? Yeah. Cosmo, 16 non-sexual things that are 100 times hotter than sex. I'm going to read them in reverse order because the number one thing makes me want to vomit. Um, <clears throat> well, 16 is everything. Combined. 15. More TV and movie characters that reflect how women actually speak and not some dude's wet dream. Money. Michelle Obama in any dress. Former President Barack Obama kite surfing. Checking my phone after not having it all day and actually having notifications. Idris Elba building an armoire from scratching his rugged hands and a knowledge of woodworking. Good lighting and reflective surface with which to look at myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A fountain of iced coffee, nice eyebrows, girl-on-girl compliments, a room full of comfortable bras, BBW, big, beautiful wings, a compilation of men laughing at my jokes, youths saluting my bangs, and the number one, Rachel Maddow telling me everything is going to be okay. I need a Rhodes Scholar and a Blazer and a Calm Me Down from the World's Insanity and Rachel's just the intersectional feminist to fit the bill. And we don't have a media problem. But we do have a college problem. At Cal State, algebra is a civil right issue. They're getting rid of algebra because minorities don't do well enough in it. No shit. California state for K to 12 is doing it. 
They're talking about doing it because they think that it's too hard for minorities. I got C's in that shit. It isn't a race thing. Either people are good at math or they're not good at math. But goddamn, talk about participation pro- trophy syndrome. So now you're just going to get rid of that math. It's just going to go away. Okay. I was going to play this, but I can't. Teams filmed mocked drowning man, Coco police say. The video is horrible. This man was mentally impaired, and he was drowning in a recess pool, and they sat on the shore mocking him, making fun, and actually saying, you're going to die, we're not coming in to get you. You shouldn't have gone in there. But there's nothing they can do. You can't. There's no good Samaritan law, so you you can't you can't charge him with anything. And they just watch this guy die. And the funniest thing about, or the weirdest thing about, it, not the funniest. It's all not funny. He was a black guy. They're all black. They just let him die. I expect that with white people, but I don't expect it with black people. Police. Poconos woman kills boyfriend after spat with rebellion cult. This goes on to say she shot her boyfriend and he's some cult guy. And it was just super weird. I mean, he is in a group that has aliens and raptures. Online posting associated with cult detail, the theory that group of alien reptiles is subverting the human race through mind control. Maybe that was a justifiable homicide. Man shoots mammoth 820-pound wild hog in his front yard. This thing is huge. He literally went on the front porch, saw him. Went back in, got his gun, shot him. And in this article, the U.S. Department of Agriculture estimates that feral hogs cause more than $800 million of agricultural damage in the United States annually. But this fucker was 820 pounds and had six-inch tushes. If you're like me and you're heading to Florida for summer... Vacation. I'm heading on the, uh, gonna go dark on the 17th. No podcasting. Um, I'll do a Monday one that week, but then that's it. I'll be off for a week. Crews spraying around the clock after billion mosquitoes blown in by storm. Billion. A big storm they had down there. A billion. A billion. In a first. Man on five generic Viagra pills arrested for DUI. <laughs> Man, what, what? Wow, five boner pills. But he crashed his car. So I don't know what five pills does. It doesn't give you that four-hour erection, or whatever the hell they say that's you're supposed to call your position. But it definitely made him crash his car. Snail slime hits beauty mainstream after taking Korea by storm. Yeah, they put it on their face. Target's going to be carrying it. CVS, Ultra Beauty Incorporated. In here, they talk about an incredible number. Where the fuck is that number? They they have sold $300 million of fucking slime in Korea alone for face use. Wow, that's freaking crazy. Mercedes targets quad bike-loving wealthy with luxury pickup. The X-Class 
price starting at 37,300 euros or 43,200 American. It is just another pickup truck that you're never going to use as a pickup truck. I don't understand why people buy those kind of shit. Prosper High School. This is insane. This is a high school that is going to be building a $48 million freaking stadium. $48 million. But within this state, stadium project will be funded for $710 million bond. That's less than Allen Eagle Stadium, $60 million, and McKinney, $70 million. That is just freaking insane. And that leads us to our lighter fire. Alright, Yusha Thomas has got two great soundtracks over there on his YouTube channel. Uh, one, let me preface it because I forgot to read it. Uh, the different types of veterans after military service and when people try to file BSVA claims. Enjoy. Hey baby daddy. Damn, I love being rich. Hey, hey, good morning, Miss Johnson. Them pipes uh-huh. don't need cleaning, baby. Hey, what's up, brother? Hey, man, listen, I ain't got nothing, man. Uh-huh. Man, fuck that. Give me a job. John, John. Yo, what up, You paying child support yet? Fuck no. Look, the IRS gonna come get that ass, right? They can come get these nuts. All right, brother, I'll talk to you, man. Mm-hmm, whatever. Peace out, man. And I told that son bitch, he either gonna give me that assistant manager position or I'm motherfucking walking. Shit, I was in the Marine Corps for 18 years as a Lance Corporal. He gonna give me some respect. Yeah, that's crazy. Hey, you take care of yourself, man. Ah, oh, brother, appreciate it. You take care, too. I need help, y'all. Come on now. I know y'all got something around here. Broke motherfucker. Welcome to Lard Burger, sir. Home of the fried honey bun and Pop-Tart sandwich. How can I help you? How about you start by getting a better job? I ordered a mega double triple cheeseburger with extra bacon, with a side of heart failure and extra diabetes. Where in the fuck are my extra fucking diabetes? Well, you can't hear me, but I bet you can hear when the mailman brings your fucking welfare check. And how does it feel being a burger flipping failure pushing 40? I know you look familiar. You're the grown ass man that beat my 16 year old daughter out of the job. You really are poor, aren't you? Well, actually, Professor, I myself being a combat veteran with over 10 years military experience, I would actually like to rebuttal that by- You're a criminal. I think anyone who served in the military is too freaking stupid to go to college and get a real education. What the hell you just say? Fuck boy. You heard me, baby killer. I think all of you should be placed in prison like the scum you really are. You ain't no fucked up. Touch me and I'll sue. No, I'm just saying. Wait. Fuck. So, uh, Mr. Blake. Uh, Blake. Mr. Blake. See here that you're trying to claim, uh, PTSD. So, uh, tell me a little bit about your, um, symptoms. I'm glad you asked. Um, so I've been waking up, night sweats, anxiety, these loud explosions. I've been hearing all of these different things, so yeah, so. Hmm, okay, let's dive into it. <laughs> Says here that, uh, you didn't deploy. Well, I've been overseas. You went to Korea. What? Pogue. 
where everybody non-combat. Hey, I can pick up logistics. Hey, Bobby. In the rear with the gear. I mean, we was in the rear, but I was front line of the rear. Fuck man, stop my goddamn office. Hey! Yes, Doc? One more thing. Tell a hater I said. Pussy. Tell your bitch I said. Alright, I then heard the following soundbite, and it made me research Annalise Nielsen. You thought that was adorable. You didn't think about, like, the pillaging of the, like, continent of Hawaii. I didn't even know there was pillaging. Oh, you didn't? Okay, so you won't get rid of the doll then, because that was, like, really cute thing that you found at Goodwill. But so obviously, like you as like a white male, you are like the least like. But now you're judging me. You're assuming we're on. No, I'm not. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying like that. Perhaps like you might be the person who is least hurt in the situation. I'm a passenger in your car. Like that doll is offensive to me. But you don't want to take it down because you like found it at Goodwill and it was like a good find. Yeah, no, I do want you to because it's actually deeply offensive. No, I do want you to take it down. I'm gonna do worse than give you a one star. gonna be on Gawker. <laughs> no, on you will be published on Gawker. And you'll be like the next internet meme. It's gonna be super funny. Yeah. I mean like God forbid like anyone take your special Hawaiian doll away from you. Um because it's a thing that actually affects my life and a thing that doesn't affect your life. I'm Asian as well. So okay, what so what is your Asian heritage? It's irrelevant, but you're trying no, to it's not irrelevant. Like, it's actually super relevant. Really? Well, yeah, so which part of it is not irrelevant? Yeah, you're, irrelevant. You're, you're affecting you thought that you care that much about something that is on his dashboard? Yes, I do actually care a lot. That's sad. It's not sad, it's important. Hey, it was pathetic. Can I have your name, please? Yeah, Jane. Your last name? Green. Thank you. Wow, you're the first bad experience I've ever had with Lyft, and some bullshit that I still like that. I'm a 
excited. I'm, I'm a very respectful person, and the, the fact that you're taking offense to that, I'm like, I'll take a picture. That's of a disrespectful body. object that you have in your car, and whether you're Asian or not, you should be considerate to the fact that you might have passengers that don't find that, that thing to be. No, I just said like you can you can set it down for a second. It might be not amusing to all passengers. You're gonna experience this again, by the way. And so I hope that from this lesson, like today, no, I'm not being rude. Oh, because I wasn't nice enough to you. I wasn't nice enough to you for this thing. That's fine. I've been video recording the entire time. I'm excited. No, you're not. You have been actually very rude and extremely entitled. Yeah, I'm sorry that you have no consideration for actual Hawaiian people who don't want to be a bobblehead item in your car while you're driving for a lift. You fucking selfish, dumbass idiot. Okay, I'm being rude. You are being rude. You have no connection to this culture. You know what that is? That's a cute little bobble item that you had in your car that you don't know anything about and you're an idiot. Thank you very much for your opinion. Yeah. You're welcome. Maybe you will think about it tomorrow when you wake up in the morning. I very much will. It's going to be awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I'm ending this ride right now, so if you'd like to call another lift, you can go ahead and No, you can that. take me all the way to my I house. You don't have to. It's no, yes, car. you do. I'm the drop-off. Here's a sidewalk. Have a wonderful night. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. I'm so excited. Can I have your name again? Nope. Have a great yes, night. Yes, I can. No, can I have your name again? We'll all just stay here time. then. Well, then... This is my car. Can you please get out of No, it? I won't. Call the police. Call 911. Okay. About how I won't leave I your wish car. I you would. Can you please exit No, I can, but you can give me your first and last name. Here. Here's what I'll do instead. <laughs> Holy shit. The weirdest side of my entire life. And he could not get away fast enough so that I couldn't get this license plate number. How cute. So I started searching on the internet because anybody goes crazy about a hula girl, which I have on the, I've had it on the dashboard of every vehicle I've ever owned. I don't know why. My kids bought it for me, my old 67 Chevy pickup, but I just did it. But there's a lot of hate for this woman. Annalise Nielsen falsely accused a man of arson and rape, car fiend, car friend, auto repairs, owned by child pornographer, Annalise Nielsen, Annalise Nielsen, a.k.a. Laura Nielsen, is not Hawaiian and she's mostly white. Pathological white guilt. She suffers from white guilt. This is not a sign of healthy mind. A sane person, thrilled and privileged. This is made mostly strange because, as we demonstrate, Annalise has no lack of self-interest. Da-da-da-da-da. And you go through and you read this lady. So, this was all over the media. I never covered it. Maybe I did briefly and I mocked her. I just don't remember Annalise Nielsen, Beauty and Style. I have a question for the black women in this group, and I would like to preface it with a hi. I'm Annalise, and I'm a walk of another color, but I have a fair amount of white privilege, so yeah, I want to stay in my lane. Being a good ally to black women is very high on my list of priorities. Let's begin with this photo. This is me, and this is my natural hair texture. I'll put my question in the comments so that it's easy to avoid if you don't feel like answering and even thinking about it. Also, thanks in advance to anyone who takes the time to answer. 
and you go through this, her question, I am a low-key white devil. Should I be talking to my therapist? Cinco Denial, but this is my alter ego, a pile of pudding with her face on it. Annalise to the therapist, I would like to change my hair, but I'm too familiar with the plight of the black woman under the threat of white supremacy and how power structures enabled me to blindly uphold Eurocentric beauty ideals and I don't want to become a hypocrite or fall into the long history of co-opting something beautiful from black women and earning more praise for it than a woman that has hair that is natural this curly because my skin is lighter and therefore I'm automatically viewed as more attractive, and I guess that's what I'm asking. I will never be able to unlearn and observe my problematic behavior, or will it be forever locked in a cycle of questioning my behavior because I was raised in such a racist, patriarchal society that constantly threatens the existence of those who do not try to align themselves into whiteness and what whiteness stands for? That's an actual post! And it goes on and on. This site, starting and fomenting or outright fabricating drama about white guilt. She had one about white men fantasize about cutting up women. Exhibit two. This makes three examples of her inflicting herself on Lyft drivers and talking shit because they're white. Three, I'm just including this because I think it's funny that for all her far left cred, she can't be bothered to go vegan. Four, Annalise managed to make a post that both draws attention to how in demand she is and whines that she's not in demand. Nobody gives a shit about wilted flowers as some fedora-wearing beta male sent you. What the fuck is Facebook prison and does it have a psychiatric ward with her doing weird pictures? A picture where she's a Hawaiian pineapple. And I only cover this because this lady was actually lauded she was a good person for bringing up that someone could perceive a hula doll as racist sexist and xenophobic a fucking hula doll air freshener that's what mine started out as and so I put it in a lighter fare, but man, that girl was all over the TV and she was a great person. When you break her down, she's a fucking cuckoo. I close on this. Wow. It hasn't stopped. It's almost August. So it's what? December, January, February, March, April, May, June, July. We're almost nine months after the election. The case for making Hillary Clinton president and not Mike Pence after Trump is impeached. 14 sound, solid, and unassailable reasons why Hillary should assume the presidency once the orange accident exits. 1. Donald Trump became president with the aid of a hostile foreign power. 2. Hillary won the popular vote. 3. Donald Trump cheated his way to the presidency. If a team cheats in an athletic competition, the B team, in this case, Pence, does not automatically earn the win and get the medal. Four, 
Trump's Vice President Mike Pence knew about Russian collusion, influence, and interference in our election and did nothing about it. Five, elevating Hillary Clinton to the runner-up in the 2016 election to president after Trump's this Trumple thin skin leaves would be unprecedented in American history, but the way Donald Trump became president, colluding with the enemy, snatched victory is also unprecedented. Six, we now know the election was rigged in favor of Donald Trump. We, we know that. Only in a banana republic with a ruling oligarchy, in this case the Trump family monarchy that think is, thinks it's above the law and where there's corrupt alliance between big government and big business, do incompetent dictators retain power. He then threw in the America must resist. <clears throat> Seven, the man who would be king is destroying America's reputation globally. Don't know how he's doing that, but okay. Mike, not at my expense. Pence is already plotting to take over, this guy says. Hillary Clinton is not a golfer. Therefore, unlike Scrotus, we can expect her to work for America on the weekends. Barack Obama, most golfing ever. This guy actually typed that. Once called a rock star diplomat by the New York Times, Hillary Clinton is a brilliant politician and seasoned stateswoman. Donald Trump would start a nuclear war. There we go with the nuclear war again. An intimate understanding of the Constitution of the United States is mandatory for any presidential office holder. Hillary has it. Donald Trump doesn't. Women in America comprise 51% of the popularity and majority, yet in this Trump presidency, the majority has almost no representation. 14, let's review. Donald Trump is only president because he broke the law. And those are his 14, 14 reasons. So Scott Adams asked, do Democrats know that Hillary Clinton is not second in line for presidency? It's hard to tell. Josh Weldon then read this. And on the 22nd, thinking about the girl that got away, a little bit more than 140 40 worth. I met her at a fundraiser for the 2014 Senate race. She was more hawkish than I expected and more charming. Of course, she was insanely well informed, but the spark in her eye when she talked about Putin, the distaste and genuine amusement at his ham-fisted attempts to intimidate other statesmen, I think as much as he knew he had a raggedy Andy and Don, Putin was protecting himself against a person of intelligence and will. He couldn't poison her, so he poisoned us instead. And he's got a picture of the dear leader, and it's fucking July 2017. We're still dealing with media members. Both those guys are media members. Writing how, some way, somehow, Hillary should still be president. I don't think in the end result... Though history is written by liberals, decades from now, it will not be about Trump's presidency. It'll be about the resistance and a group of Americans who acted like five-year-olds after their ice cream cone fell on the ground. Eight months. We're still writing articles. If that doesn't shock you, I don't know what 
will. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends. Send comments about the track by emailing F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. FOP podcast gmail.com you get the show on soundcloud podcast attic tune in radio google play itunes blueberry and stitcher remember to check out the flyover politic webpage at foppodcast.com foppodcast.com it's a theme for links to feeds of the show links to our facebook page and email us there you'll also see every episode on the episode release page of my blogs on the blog page Next podcast will probably be the uh, 28th. Yeah, 28th. Next Friday. This coming Friday. Um, I'm working nights, so I have every morning off. So I might jam in a quick one on Wednesday, the 26th, just for shits and giggles. Remember to take a pause this week. Shut off at night. Disconnect from your phones and everything. Spend some time with your family. I'm going to have three days by myself. Kind of. Wish I wouldn't have done this podcast writing on Saturday night. I should have just been spending time talking to the wife. Um, but it, it's a short ride, folks. And as we see every week when I do these podcasts, man, we worry about a lot of dumb shit. Even I get obsessed over the media bias and the stupidity on the left. When in the scheme of things, there are really a lot more important things out there to worry about. So take a pause. Enjoy your family. Enjoy the loves of your life, be it people or activities. And I'll link back up with you on Friday for another exciting episode. As always, my friends, thanks.